This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today's episode, I am using a different microphone um, for the intro, so I hope that it sounds a little bit better. I decided to do a handheld mic. I am so excited for this episode. It is with Arielle Oz, lives in New York City with her fiance. She actually just recently bought a house, so if you are interested in the home buying process, definitely check out her stuff. Uh, we don't really talk about that in this video, but there's so, so much that she can cover. So if you want more on Arielle, then definitely go and check out her website. She shares style, wellness, career, and beauty tips with her community, and she's partnered with numerous brands to create content and spread brand awareness on her social channels. She's worked with some amazing brands, not only as an influencer, but also in her career. She's a communications and influencer marketing specialist who has previously worked with Laura Mercier, luxury brand products, and L'Oreal for the Essie brand. She has so many great tips on networking, advancing in your career, being an overall boss. This episode provides so much value. In light of the pandemic, Ariel actually started a series to share her career advice and networking tips via virtual coffee chats and clubhouse mentorship sessions. I mean, she is on top of it. She also created a job board listing, which lists new jobs currently hiring across PR, social media, and marketing so that she can help her followers at any point in their career. So if you guys are someone that is in a rut looking for a new job, definitely check out her job board because she lists a ton of new jobs on there. She's incredible. This episode was incredible. It provided so much value and I know that you are all going to love it. I feel like it was one of those episodes where I was learning so much and I was getting so inspired from it. And I love that. I feel like that's always how I want it to be at the end of my episodes. I want to be like, oh my God, this was so great. And guys, I know that it is a Thursday that you're listening to this, um, but I always commit to once a week. But from here on out, I really do promise Monday mornings you can expect to find my podcast. Uh, I have some exciting things in the works for my podcast and I can't wait to share it with you guys. But I, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm not going to lie, guys. I feel like I say that every episode. So let me know if I sound annoying or sound like a broken record, but I sometimes get a little bit overwhelmed and I feel like I have a lot on my plate that I'm juggling and I'm finally delegating the proper tasks to the proper people. Big news is coming for my podcast, which is really exciting. Um, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it together. I know, I know we upload once a week, but I gotta be more consistent on the Monday, on the, on the Monday at 8am. Like, come on. I also did launch a second podcast called the Rella podcast. And that is where we take a deep dive into social media. So if this episode interested you, then probably the Rella podcast would too. Check it out on Spotify. It is coming soon to Apple Podcasts. Hopefully it's up by the time you're listening to this podcast. But And that podcast is a podcast that I started with my co-founders. So I am starting a company called Rella and it's a social media management tool. And we're starting a podcast so that we can chat with social media experts. And truly out of out of the co-founders, I am the only one with the industry experience of social media. So it's I think it's a really cool dynamic because although I know a lot about social media, they're learning in the podcast as well. And they're asking questions that I might not necessarily think of to ask. So it's been great. I have loved doing it. I actually just got back from Raleigh today, uh, got off the flight a few hours ago. 
and we had a pitch. So we are in the final round to see if we got into an accelerator program. So I will definitely be letting you know next week if we did or if we didn't. Regardless what happens, it was such a wonderful experience being able to pitch in front of a group of judges. And I feel like it was something that I was so nervous for and it wasn't that bad. And I I feel like as they asked the questions, they were asking a lot of questions that I knew the answers to. I wasn't nervous answering them. And I always think that's a good sign to be, you know, know what the, know the, the questions that are coming. So as a startup founder, that has been something that I finally checked off the list as doing a pitch in front of a group of judges. And I really hope that more, more comes from that. So I hope that, um, and regardless what happens, that's going to be the first of many and we're constantly improving, but I'm so excited to be building the Rella community and definitely check out that podcast as well, especially if you like this episode all about influencer marketing and social media. I have just had such a jam-packed week that I was not expecting. I was actually supposed to be home on the weekend, but we found out that we got the pitch and so I decided to extend my stay in North Carolina since it was um, in North Carolina and that's where my co-founders are. So made the trek up to Raleigh and then flew out of the Raleigh airport this morning. And I'm not going to lie, guys, I am tired. I, I drank last night. Um, <laughs> it was a team bonding experience. After the pitch, we went out to a bar and just had some team bonding. And I'm a little tired this morning. I'm a little groggy. I'm a little tired. I feel like I don't really get too badly hungover unless I drank a ridiculous amount, which I haven't done that in quite some time. Um, but the next day, I just feel so groggy and I feel so tired. I took a nap and if you guys know me, I don't nap. Like, I do not nap. So the fact that I took a nap is just shows you how tired I was because I never nap. I I had to take one when I got back. I'm drinking a coffee. I have so much to do today and it's already... 3.30, but I'm like, I I need to nap and co- coffee and maybe that will refuel me. So it's been, it, it's been a day. I'm, I am, I don't recommend drinking the day before a flight. I feel like it's not the best, but I'm so glad I did it because it was a really fun night and it was just fun, um, you know, bonding with your team because we've been a remote and virtual team pretty much this entire time. So we've only met a handful of times in person. And so whenever you get that chance to meet in person now. It's like so cherished and it's so special. So that's kind of how what we did, which was really exciting. And of course, if you like the Real Real podcast and this podcast has brought you any value, please be sure to give it a review. Reviews mean so much to me and I read every single one of them. So thank you for reviewing it. I always am so, so appreciative. So this week's reviewer of the week comes from Caroline and she says, I love and look forward to this podcast every week. I'm someone who must ride to music, but I save this podcast for my long drives and listen to it instead of music. I'm a nurse and most of the guests have nothing to do with my career. However, I find inspiration and motivation in every single episode. Thanks, Natalie, for always keeping it real and relatable. That is so sweet. I love that you say that you listen to music, but you actually will listen to this one when you're having your long drives because I feel that way about some podcasts about some podcasts, I'll be like, oh my God, they uploaded. I have to listen. I will save it. I will, um, I get so excited when like my, when a favorite podcast of mine comes out. So I love that this can be that sort of podcast for some of you out there. And if it is for you, if you enjoy this podcast, whatever it is, please go to Apple Podcasts and just leave it five stars. It helps our podcast get discovered and helps us just climb up the rankings. So it definitely, um, get, makes me, makes me really happy that you guys think that. So Anyways, without further ado, let's just get into this episode with Ariel Oz. 
You know what the best feeling is? When you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing. You know those days when your hair shines with confidence? Well, I have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality, which is Way's new hair gloss. I personally have been loving taking care of my hair. I just got a new haircut and at first I was iffy on it, but then the more I've looked at it and the more I've styled it, I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair. It's all about how you style it. So I have been meticulous about my hair routine. I've been incorporating Waze hair gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look. It's so easy. Just five minutes in the shower and bam, instant shine. And let me tell you, preventing heat damage is a top priority for me. And with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees, I can style worry-free. And the best part, my hair feels shinier, healthier, and more vibrant than before. If you guys have seen my blowouts on my Instagram or my TikTok, you know that I have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny. Getting your shine on in the shower with Waze hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water. And so it, so it not only gives you immediate shine, but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy. And here's the best part. In a consumer perception study, over 85% of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier, healthier, and smoother with Waze hair gloss gloss. Give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I and use promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code RealReal. Hi, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm really excited to have you on. I'm excited to talk about adulting, about you know how to get a job, networking, all of that good stuff, which I know my viewers will definitely get value out of. But first, we're going to start with setting the record straight. So this is some stereotypes and some assumptions, and then you'll let me know if they're true or false. Perfect. So the first one is you need experience to work in the beauty industry. False. I got into the beauty industry with zero experience. I just hustled really hard and made my own network. Um, I did have a lot of fashion experience. I think in the end of the day, just having any kind of PR or for me specifically, I was getting into PR. So having any kind of experience on your resume that will help you and show that you're passionate about the space, whether that's in college, joining a campus ambassador program or, um, you know, planning events for a small local business that just shows that you're taking initiative. Right. Yeah. I think that that's a good point because I do think a lot of people feel like they have to have like years of experience in this space before ever even taking that first step to apply but I think it's good to know that like you don't have to work directly in beauty or directly in fashion like you really just have to be determined I think at the end of the day and like show interest absolutely and I think you know you need to build your own network I am first generation both my parents are self-employed so I didn't have a network in the industry to tap into So I really just went out there and tried to get coffee with as many people as I could. And right now, getting a virtual coffee for 15 minutes with someone, it's so low commitment that Mm -hmm. I think it's the best time to network. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I'm excited to talk about that. Um, And the next one, which I guess kind of goes hand in hand with that, is that it's impossible to get a job during COVID. 
Absolutely false. I see so many companies are hiring right now, especially for influencer marketing and social media, e-commerce. I actually have a job board on my website that I post all the coolest jobs on. So definitely recommend reaching out to me. Just send me a DM on Instagram and I can send you the link. Yeah, I saw that you had that on your website and I was just thinking of how valuable that must be to so many people because, you know, I I know if you're searching on like indeed.com or whatever and you look up like influencer marketing, there's a thousand results, you know, and some of them are like not that, not exactly what you want. Some of them are, you know, maybe not influencer marketing, but like the keyword is in there. So I feel like your job board is really, really niche and it's, it's super, super valuable for a lot of people. I can only imagine. Thank you. It's honestly been so fulfilling to be able to help people on their journey right now. Um, I've actually gotten three messages from people that I help them secure jobs or internships. So it's really rewarding and I'm so glad to be able to help. Um, Something that I've also been doing is helping people understand titles and Um, in-house versus agency have very different titles and it can get confusing which roles to apply to. So that's something that I've been helping people navigate through. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, what is the difference, let's say, between in-house and agency? And like, what do you think one is better than the other? It's just like different skill sets. Yeah, I think both are really great to have at your on your resume, um, most in-house companies will look for you to have agency experience at some point in your career, especially when you're, you know, getting higher into those roles. So I did have um, an agency type of experience on my resume as my second job. Um, and so I always recommend, you know, trying to get the agency in early in your career and then moving in-house. And oftentimes you're working on so many brands in that agency Mm -hmm. role, there's potential to get in-house through one of those brands. So um, in terms of the actual titles, you know, usually on the in-house side, I'll be like coordinator or assistant and then manager and uh, assistant manager, then manager, then senior manager. Whereas on the agency side, it's like account coordinator, account executive. So it just can get confusing the terminologies at times. Yeah, I mean that's so good that you're there to be that resource because I feel like you're you're working in it, but then you're also helping people along the way and I'm sure that's something that you probably wanted when you were just starting in the industry. Absolutely. I had no idea what I was applying to, who to turn to, so it's really helpful and I'm I've connected with so many people in the industry as of recent through Clubhouse and I think Clubhouse is by far the best networking app I've ever had. Um, So I would really recommend that, you know, jump on Clubhouse, join these conversations and build your network. I host someone every single week on my Clubhouse with different people from the industry, my own network, so that you get that chance to get exposed to them and reach out to them after the chat. Yeah, I need to do that more because I I joined Clubhouse, but I don't participate. So (laughs) I need to actually like get in and like get in a room and speak or like start my own every single week, something like that. I think you're already doing it with podcasting, but I really love the like open dialogue and Q&A section. So it's really fun. I definitely think you would kill it. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, I, I have to listen to yours. I'd love to kind of, I feel like I need to listen to them first before just like jumping right in. Yeah, there's like funny cultural things about it. But once you 
join like two or three, you get the hang of it. Mm -hmm. And this one is a quote that I feel like is heard a lot and I want to know your take on it. So it's, if you love your job, you never have to work a day in your life. Ooh, I'm so torn. Um, I agree, I guess. Um, I'm torn. I think on one side you could love what you do and you could love, you know, the brand. But I think in the end of the day, it really comes down to who you're working with. I think you could work for the coolest brand in the world, but if your boss is a nightmare, you're not going to enjoy it. And on the flip side, you could work for a company that you don't love. But if your boss is phenomenal and your coworkers, you're going to, you're going to feel that way where it doesn't feel like work. You're just part of this amazing community or family that are working towards the same goal. So I'm a little bit torn on it, but um, I think in the end of the day, if you are in a situation where you're really getting mentorship and you love the company, you will feel like it's just fun. Yeah. I, I always feel like that's one of those quotes that it just depends on your job and it depends on what you're doing. But I definitely think that there will come a time when like you will, even if you love what you do, you, it will still feel like work at times. I mean, who you work for matters so much also in like your work environment. Absolutely. And now for the viewers that don't know who you are, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background. Yeah, so I am a digital marketing specialist, specifically focusing on influencer marketing. And so I help brands with all of their campaigns and casting, building those relationships with influencers, also doing a lot of strategy work um, on the global and U.S. execution levels, as well as planning really fun activations and events. Obviously, right now they're all virtual, but we used to do a lot of global trips. Um, I also am really passionate about helping people in their careers. And so I've been doing a lot of networking events. And um, I spoke about the clubhouses earlier in my job board. So that's something that I've been really loving as well. Yeah, I mean, you have worked at, at like the most amazing companies at some really huge beauty brands. And I'm curious, did you always want to work in the beauty industry? Like at age 18, what were you trying? Like, what did you want to do? Or what, where, did you think that this would be your life when you were, you know, just entering adulthood? No, not at all. It's so interesting how your path can just change so much based on where you end up. So in college, I had always interned in luxury fashion. I worked at, um, a small Israeli designer named Igal Israel. Then I went to Hermes and then I worked at Zach Posen. I was a fashion girl through and through. I ended up co coming up to graduation like six months before trying to build my network because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to rely on my parents for connections or, you know, anyone else. And I basically just started reaching out to people on LinkedIn to ask for coffee once I got back to New York. And um, I followed up with this one woman who ended up being my future boss, um, and we're still very close. We hang out every two weeks, but I emailed her four times over six months until she finally responded. So I guess I was a little bit, um, a little determined to get an answer. And she says that she finally answered because I was so persistent and it showed, you know, my my passion for it so she had been working at se which is you know a nail company owned by l'oreal and we ended up getting a coffee really got along and then about 
two months after we met, she ended up offering me a temp role. Uh, it was going to be a three month role helping for New York Fashion Week with the brand. At the time, I was actually working for a jewelry sales company and quickly realized that was not the path for me. It was a lot of cold calling and I'm really more of a bubbly, outgoing personality. I love interacting with people. And so when I got the call from her about the SE opportunity, I really had a way like, am I willing to take this risk at this time for a temp job when I have a full-time role? And I ended up deciding to take that risk. And I, I jumped on the opportunity. Fashion Week, obviously, having come from you know a lot of fashion internships, was my dream. And so I ended up doing 20 shows that first semester. And it was amazing. Sorry, that first season. And um, kind of really loved the role because it did have that blend of fashion through the backstage opportunities with Essie. So it was an incredible experience. And then I ended up getting along with my boss so much that they renewed my contract two more times. And I ended up working there for a, just over a year and a half. Wow. I mean, okay. I can't believe that you messaged her four times on LinkedIn. I need to know what this message said, how other people should message people, because those are the stories you hear that like, you're like, you always hear message people on LinkedIn, reach out to people, but you're always scared to do it. Or at least I am, you know, I'm always like, I don't want to reach out. I feel annoying or like, I don't know them. They don't know me. They probably get a million messages. So what was this message that you had sent? Like, was it a quick, Hey, let's just get coffee or like how, what advice would you give to someone who is like looking out and like trying to make those connections on LinkedIn? Yeah. So I always recommend starting with college alumni from the same school you went to. She didn't, she wasn't from my college, but, uh, the first step, and I was getting coffee with a ton of people at the time. I reached out to alumni because I think that's an instant bridger and it's just a way to build a relationship. And they know they were at the same point in their career when they were graduating. And so I think they feel a little bit more inclined to connect with you. Um, I reached out to people regardless of what role they were at, if they were at the company I was looking for. So I had a list of like a hundred dream companies based in New York that I wanted to work at. So I was connecting with, you know, an alumni at NARS who was in more of like the product design side, which I knew I wasn't interested in, but we got coffee. I heard about her experience at NARS, how she worked with the PR department and how they rocked, uh, worked cross-functionally so that I could understand kind of the structure of the companies. And then following that, you know, I would ask her if she felt comfortable connecting me to the PR person once we had built that relationship. So I think reaching out to alumni as a first start is a great way to go about it. I always suggest sending an email, introducing yourself, keep it really short and sweet and just say, I'm really interested in what you do and your career experience. And I'd love to get a virtual coffee for 15 minutes if you have any availability in the upcoming weeks. It's so easy to take 15 minutes out of your calendar right now. And I think people know that the job market has been so tough that they're inclined to help. But Mm -hmm. I never suggest reaching out and saying, hey, here's my resume. Can you pass it along to HR? You want to save that for after you've already had that 
first coffee interaction and have that in your follow-up thank you because if you just blindly reach out to someone and say, here's my resume, can you pass it along? They're not going to feel inclined. And in the end right. of the day, people like talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's so true. And when you do meet up with them, what do you have like a list of questions that you bring? Are you just asking them about the role? Are you, you know, how do you form that initial relationship even when you are on that like 15 minute Zoom call? Like what would you say is the best way to use those 15 minutes? Definitely. I think you want to keep them talking about themselves rather than focusing on yourself. It's not really your time to sell yourself. It's more to learn. And again, people love talking about themselves. So you want them to leave feeling great that they had this amazing interaction. So I always recommend just asking them, can you walk me through your career evolution? And from start to finish, just like we've talked about right now, you know, from from graduation to where they're at right now, um, how they networked and how they got their jobs so that you can get inspiration. And then speaking about their current role. So what does your role look like on a daily basis? How do you work with whatever department you're interested in? What is the culture like? Do you feel mm-hmm. like it's a positive environment? Is it somewhere you would recommend someone to work? I think it's really, you know, your time to figure out if it's somewhere that you would want to work at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then I love that about like letting them speak because I completely agree. I mean, even with, you know, having a podcast, I always want to let my guests be the one that does the talking, you know, like if I'm inviting you on, I don't want to be the one talking the entire time. So I think it's the same when you're networking with people. Like you have to, if you're the one inviting them, like really you need to listen. Like you need to sit, you need to listen. And I feel like a lot of times people think, well, if I'm going to have this 15 minutes, I need to sell myself because that's all I have. But that can, I think, actually be a turnoff. I think it's actually better and makes a better impression when you're listening, you're observing, you're curious. Absolutely. And honestly, in your thank you email, you'll attach your resume and you can pinpoint experiences in your thank you email that you think really show your value and your understanding in the space. So that's where you'll have your opportunity to show all your experience. Right. And with that, so like you message people on LinkedIn and how did you I guess, like get your foot in the door with your first beauty job. Was it with this LinkedIn message, you got your job and then you were able to pivot from there? Were you able to like get your dream position from there? Or I guess, what was your exact like career path if someone wants to follow a similar one? Yeah. So I, um, as I mentioned with SE, I ended up connecting with that woman after sending Mm -hmm. four emails over six months, (laughs) getting that consultancy role. um, And after a year and a half realizing, you know what, L'Oreal doesn't have headcount at this time, which they are really great about having consultants, but there's very specific headcounts. And so I was ready to find um, a full-time, it was a full-time role, but more of actually working for the company because I was getting kicked off my parents' insurance, which also was a big factor as a consultant Mm -hmm. you don't have insurance. So I ended up applying online and I just got my next position completely just with zero connections applying online. So that's something I really like to share with people. You don't always need to have a network to get the job. You can apply blindly and end up landing it. So 
I always recommend just apply, even if you don't know anyone, because you you don't know what will happen. And if you don't shoot your shot, you'll never get it. So mm-hmm. with reaching out to people or with applying, always just go for it. Because the worst case scenario is you don't get it or you don't get a reply. But that's exactly where you would have been from the start. So it only can help you. Um, mm-hmm. After... After SE, I ended up applying online and got an opportunity with Luxury Brand Partners, which is a beauty incubator. And I worked across eight different brands. So that was kind of my agency experience. I was on a shared service team. And I was working on Orbe, IGK, Smith & Cold. So a bunch of really great brands that were in their starting phase. And then Orbe was the most prominent. And so that was a really great experience to kind of discover hair, nails, skincare, makeup. It was just all all all-encompassing. And after working there for about a year, I realized I really wanted to move to an in-house role focused on one category. And I really loved makeup the most. So I ended up networking with my future coworker at Laura Mercier. We got connected by someone, honestly, because she just wanted to trade Laura Mercy for Orbe product. And I, of course, said, yes, but let's get a coffee also. I'd love to hear about your experience. So we ended up meeting up and then I let her know that I was open to exploring new options if anything came up. And she said she'd keep me in mind. And she did. Two months later, I was interviewing. And then two months after that, I ended up getting the job. So it's a really great way to build your network. And I think no matter what, uh, you should always just push yourself to be networking, even if you aren't looking because you don't know what opportunities will, will develop. Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, I think it's a good reminder for people like me, especially who I'm very like, oh, I, I don't, I don't want to bother people. You know, I don't want to I'm I'm scared that they're going to find me annoying if I reach out, but really you have to reach out because every single time I've like not listened to that voice and I've actually sent that email, I've actually gotten that coffee, things have come out of it. And every almost everyone I have had on the podcast, they always say like networking is the number one way to like get where you want in your career. And I feel like usually it's like, oh, people think like you go to college, you get a job and then that's that's how you like then you work your way up. But like you don't work your way up just by working there. You have to meet with people. You have to have connections. And even if you don't originally have connections in life, I think you can make them. You know, like you don't have to be born with those connections in order to make them. Absolutely. I was abs- I did not have any connections and I really built them for myself. And I think that there are so many ways to build connect connections nowadays through LinkedIn, Clubhouse. Um, Bumble with, you know, the networking side. So it's really on you. You have all the tools to do it. And with social nowadays, it is so much easier. It's just about pushing yourself. Mm -hmm. And you did mention Clubhouse, how you do a Clubhouse room every week and how it's the best way to network. How do you network on Clubhouse? Like what are your like Clubhouse best practices, especially for it being such like a new app? So I've been able to join so many different chats focused on marketing or social media or PR through the people I follow. So Clubhouse is really important to follow people because then you get exposed to more chats. 
And so I've joined these and honestly, the people I follow are tapping into their networks. And so I'm able to then follow those people and then follow them on Instagram and send them a DM. And so I've connected with a bunch of influencer marketing, social media leads across Huda Beauty, Makeup by Mario, Bumble. Um, And so there's amazing network of brand leads that are really hopping to Clubhouse to gather information, bounce ideas, understand where the landscape is going. And I think it's just a great way to connect. Um, Also, you know, a lot of these people have their email button on Instagram or emails listed in their bio, either on Clubhouse or their Instagram. So I always recommend sending that email to keep it professional. And also just knowing, you know, you might catch someone at a bad moment. You don't know what's going on in their personal life, especially right now during the pandemic. Someone might be dealing with something and so they might not answer. But if you send that email again in a month, you might catch them on a better day where they're able to respond and connect with you. So that's why I always say be persistent with your outreach. Mm-hmm. And when you are like following up and, you know, DMing them after you say you followed them on Clubhouse, what do you suggest people would say in that like initial email spe- or initial DM, especially when they are reaching out to someone that is so big, you know, like, oh, like the head of marketing at Huda Beauty is probably a busy person. They probably, you know, have a lot going on. So I guess what do you recommend saying in like the perfect DM pitch, I guess? I think, first of all, thanking them for taking their time to share their insights and advice on Clubhouse. I think that, you know, these people are very short shaft for time, but they're trying to help the wider community. So always saying, I really enjoyed your Clubhouse. Thank you for your time. I've learned so much. And then saying, I'd really appreciate if you could do, you know, a 15 minute virtual chat with me. I learned so much already and I know that you have so much more insights to be able to share. Um, If you're available over the next two weeks, please let me know the best date and time that worked for you. You know, just trying to get a response from there. A lot of the people on Clubhouse are saying, you know, give me four to five days to respond because they're like so flooded. But as an influencer lead on these clubhouses, you're expecting people to reach out to you via DM because you're putting yourself out there. And honestly, for me at least, um, when I was with Laura Mercier, I I always had in my bio, like, feel free. Um, I always had in my bio that I worked at Laura Mercier expecting people to reach out because oftentimes people would reach out and would help me instead of having to spend my time sourcing influencers. I had them coming to me and it made my life easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times we think like we, we think it's, Oh, they're going to help us, but you never know the value that you can also bring. For example, like you said, how it could help you even find influencers. So I think it's just one of those things where it's building relationships and relationships are never one-sided. You know, it's never just, give, 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 or, you know, it's, it's a two-sided street when you are building those relationships. So like always keeping that in mind too. Definitely. And I know a few people in Clubhouse have said, Hey, feel free to send your resume over my way. I'm probably not going to respond to you, but I'm going to save your resume down. And when an opportunity comes up that I think you're a fit for, I'll reach out to you then. So it's just, you know, getting your, your information out there and hopefully in the future it'll stick somewhere. Right. 
And I love that you are so open about sharing your passions like beauty and style, but then you also love helping others, especially with like your job board and the clubhouse rooms that you do and your TikTok, like they're very, very valuable as well. So why did you decide to add that part? Because, you know, a lot of people are fine with just sticking to like fashion and beauty, like that's it. So you're the adding, like the addition of the career part, I think is so helpful. And what made you decide to do that on your blog? So it's honestly so authentic to me. I always check LinkedIn like once a week uh, for years. I always just like to see who's hiring, what's out there. And I would always send listings to my my friends. I'd be like, this is a great role for you. And they'd be like, oh, thanks. I'll apply. So it's so funny because I've been doing this for my immediate network for years. I've helped a lot of people find their jobs. And during the start of the pandemic, once it was the summer and things, we kind of realized like this was the future. Um, I ended up posting a TikTok about my role at Laura Mercy and it went totally viral, which was so unexpected. It actually had a typo, which was so embarrassing, but I thought <laughs> five people would see it. And I got a ton of people reaching out to me via DM or email saying they really wanted to learn more about my experience and my role. So I wasn't really going out there trying to build this. It happened really organically. And so um, I ended up doing a few group sessions with like a hundred people each. I think I did four sessions and then the demand just got out of control that I ended up filming a YouTube video and sending people to the YouTube video. And um, a lot of people kept reaching out after the YouTube video saying, you know, I'd love to get more information. And then I ended up getting onto Clubhouse and I realized like this is the format for me. I love sharing my insights, but I don't always love being on video. To be honest, even though I'm a beauty girl through and through, I'm not wearing a lot of makeup these days. I'm much more into skincare. And so Clubhouse is the perfect format for that. And it's really convenient to be able to bring my network on and them not being nervous about video as well. So I ended up you know, kind of channeling this all into my job board and clubhouse. And I'm, I'm really excited about where it's going to go. And honestly, it's so authentic to me as a person and also so rewarding and fulfilling. I honestly feel like the past few months I've been a little overwhelmed with that, with the demand and outreach, but really excited to be able to help people at their journey, especially at such a hard time. That's amazing. And I mean, you also, like you said, you went viral on TikTok. Has TikTok opened many doors for you? Or like, how has your experience on TikTok been since it is such a new social platform? Yeah, TikTok has been so interesting. It's definitely opened some doors. I've gotten some brand deals from it and obviously connected with this amazing community of people who are looking to break into the beauty or fashion space. And so I've really been able to build a larger community and like email database and and so forth. And it, I think really gave me the push to finally launch my website after talking about it for years. So I think it was really momental and me kind of giving myself that push and realizing that people were interested in what I had to say. Um, I, definitely need to pick it back up. I think I've been really focused on Clubhouse the past few weeks. And I think it's because I never have makeup on, but I need to start (laughs) posting TikTok more often. And 
if you look at my Instagram, I'm not really oftentimes talking about career stuff there. TikTok and Clubhouse are really my my career focused platforms um, with a, a mix of beauty here and there. But my Instagram is really more um, about fashion and style and sharing, you know, stories about career once in a while. So I think, you know, my different platforms serve different purposes and Instagram is more like my creative outlet, whereas TikTok and Clubhouse are where I'm able to share my insights. Also, like there's different platforms for different, um, I guess, topics. Like I don't, I feel like I, I need to get on TikTok. I've posted a few TikToks here and there, but I need to actually like be consistent and like actually post on TikTok. Um, but it's just, I feel like there's so many to keep up with. So I think I just need to come up with the ones that I'm good at and, you know, focus on those or come up with different topics on each platform so I don't get overwhelmed and think like, oh my God, what do I post on everything? You know, Absolutely. I feel like it's like the best way to break it down. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so overwhelming. I get messaged by a lot of, you know, content creators and influencers, like what platforms do I, you think I should be on and focus on? And I'm like, wherever you're most passionate about and whatever speaks to you the most, you know, I think we all feel like I, I feel like I need to post on TikTok more and I need to post on my blog more and all these different things. And honestly, in the end of the day, it's exhausting and completely overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I think you are really dedicated to a few of those platforms and, you know, doing the most you can that that's allowing you to look back on it and say, you know, I did, I did everything I could. Um, And I think there's always going to be new platforms and there's always going to be things popping up. And I think you just can't spread yourself too thin or have unrealistic expectations. Like sometimes I have to do lists that are like, there's no way I'm going to even get through half of this. And so I think it's just setting yourself up for realistic goals and sticking to them and growing in that sense. Mm -hmm. And now that we are in, I mean, we've been working from home for about a year now. How has your routine changed? How has, I mean, we can talk about even your beauty routine, your makeup routine, whatever it is, your morning routine, but has How has that routine changed from like when you were in office to now working from home? I think working from home has unleashed so many more opportunities for me personally, Um, not having to commute and just, you know, having a setup at home. It's just, I, I feel like I wake up and I'm doing things for myself and then I don't feel this mad pressure or dash to try to get to the office. So it's really been an amazing way to save time in that sense. And so I think, you know, in the morning I'm trying to, I, I just rejoined a gym and I'm trying to get myself back on my fitness track. And I think, you know, obviously knowing that fitness gives you a lot of mental health benefits too and unleashes stress. Um, that's something that I'm really prioritizing in the morning. Again, I was doing virtual workouts, but I found myself kind of over the pandemic, like having really great consistent workouts and then totally dropping off. So um, I did miss that in-person gym experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I think day-to-day it kind of evolves. Um, I typically will bulk shoot on Wednesday with a friend who's also in the space. So that's the day that I'll like get dressed up and do my makeup. But for the most part, I'm really just wearing my skincare and tuned into meetings and you know not dressing up that much 
Um, I've also found some more personal hobbies. Um, so I take a ceramics class every week and I'm actually this semester this week starting it with my mom who was a professional potter and kind of uh, over the years dropped it and so I'm bringing her back into the studio and so I found other ways to unleash my creativity and also the movement of you know the the wheel is just so calming and it's a moment for me to really disconnect from everything happening in the world and just focus on myself and you know building really beautiful things um so I've really found these outlets to be able to step away from social and and work and everything that's going on in the world and focus on myself too so I think you know it's really important to figure out what works for you but also what is going to keep you from getting burnt out yeah I come I really love that I love that you're taking a pottery class I think that's so (laughs) unique I mean it's definitely it's one of those things that's like I feel like I need hobbies aside from like watching Netflix or like watching YouTube because I don't I work I like read I'll you know watch tv but I want to do like a physical hobby you know so I tried picking up tennis I tried doing like a tennis lesson and I'm, I'm I think it's it's just so healthy to like try new things like that and like push yourself to do something that might be out of your comfort zone so I really love that you're doing that because I think it's good to kind of separate from work like you can be very dedicated to your work and still have time for yourself Definitely. And I think just personally, I'm in a very high stress moment of my life uh, between wedding planning and also I just bought a house. And so it's really important for me to find ways to kind of relax and disconnect from everything going on in my world and all of those stresses too. So it's been really helpful. And I think everyone needs to find that one thing that really allows them to disconnect, whether that's yoga or meditation or reading a book, whatever it is, playing a sport um find what does that for you because it's going to serve you the rest of your life also I'm making some really pretty stuff for my future house which is always a plus (laughs) yeah no that's that's amazing and I feel like it's just a good reminder to unplug that you don't have to be like hustling all the time 24 7 and you can still get stuff done but still take time for yourself absolutely And before we go, what is something that you would look back on and tell like your 20 year old self? Because I feel like you've accomplished so much. And, you know, now you're like you said, you're buying a house, you're, you know, progressing in your career, you started your own blog, like all of this stuff. I feel like it's so amazing that you've accomplished. So what would you go back and tell yourself like when you were in school or your 22 year old self, let's say like when you were graduating, what's a piece of advice you would give? First off, thank you. I honestly, I look at everything I've achieved and I'm like, you know, you're always your toughest critic. I have so much more I want to do, but in the end of the day, you only have so much time and you're a human. So always tell people like, be realistic with what you can achieve, set realistic goals and work Mm -hmm. towards them. But don't beat yourself up if you don't get everything off your list. If I could tell my 22 year old self advice, it would be don't feel pressured to take the first job you get. Um, I was around, you know, a lot of engineers and bankers and all my friends basically had jobs before they graduated. And so it put a lot, I put a lot of pressure on myself to try to find a job as quickly as possible when I graduated. 
And so the first job offer I got, which was the jewelry sales role, I just accepted off the bat. I was like, this is where I'm going to end up knowing that it wasn't really something I was passionate about, but I figured it was still in like the beauty space, uh, in the fashion space. Um, I quickly realized it was not right for me. And so that's always my biggest point of advice is, you know, get an internship while you're looking. Maybe it's three days a week and then you can interview on the other two or, you know, working in a restaurant a few days a week and then you have some days open to go interview. I think that will allow you to take some pressure off yourself while you're looking because that first role really is the first step in building your network and your career trajectory. And so I got really lucky that I ended up connecting with my future boss at SE and getting that opportunity and that completely shifted the trajectory of my career. And I don't think I would have ended up being in the beauty space all these years had it not been for that opportunity. So I think it's really allowing yourself to take some time and figure out what you want to do. Graduating from college is a great achievement, but in no way did I have any idea what I wanted to do once I graduated. So um, I think there are a lot of really great programs like L'Oreal has a rotational program where it's 18 months and every six months you change departments or brand. And so that gives you really great exposure into, you know, different facets of, of the industry that you could want to do after. So I think just explore what's out there. Keep your, you know, your options open, be checking LinkedIn and company websites regularly to see what's out there, but don't, don't beat yourself up with putting too much pressure on yourself. Cause I'm definitely guilty for that. I love that. I think it's really important because people, especially, I mean, when you're graduating college, you do have so much pressure, you know, everyone's asking like, where, where are you going to work? What are you, where are you going to move to? And it can feel intimidating if you don't have that exact plan or if you don't think your plan is good enough or if you still don't have a job lined up. So I think it's just healthy to say like you don't need to take that first job. You can be months out of college without a job and like that's okay. Like not everyone is on the same path. Absolutely. And I think also looking back at my career and where I'm at in life, I know I will forever be, you know, in New York. Um, I'm settling down here, but I wish that at some point I had taken a greater risk and moved to a different city and, you know, challenged myself to build a new network of people and in a new city. So, um, you know, a lot of my friends who ended up moving and then coming back to New York, I'm really jealous of. So I, I always tell people like, you don't need to feel limited by where you grew up. Feel free to explore, Mm -hmm. you know, the entire world. There are so many opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I completely agree. So where can they find you? Where can they find your website, your clubhouse, your Instagram? Yeah. So my web website, sorry. (laughs) Web house, clubhouse, same thing. (laughs) (laughs) So my website is arielloz.com. A-R-I-E-L-O-Z.com. That's where I have the job board. You simply just enter your email and refresh the page and you'll see all the latest jobs that you can apply to. Um, It also has a blog where I list, you know, a lot of the different beauty and fashion things I'm really into, as well as, you know, some shopping links if you're interested. Then for Clubhouse and Instagram and YouTube, it's all Ariel Oz NYC. 
Um, so definitely be sure to check out my other platforms and follow along. Great. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm definitely going to tune into some of your clubhouse rooms. Um, and I know that this is going to be such a valuable episode. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Natalie. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to listen when this is live. How did you guys like the episode? Was it as good as I said? Was it worth the hype? Was it worth the wait? Because I uploaded this on a Thursday. I hope so. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, I do hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, if you enjoyed this and it brought you any value, please be sure to rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you want to send it to me, I will personally thank you. You can send a screenshot to uh, at Natalie Barbu on Instagram, and I will thank you because it means so much. Again, we have another podcast called The Rella Podcast. If you're into more social media related topics, definitely check that out. Um, and yeah thank you guys for listening and I'll see you guys next Monday on another episode of the Real Real Podcast bye